0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen, amen. We've been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. Now, tonight, I want to talk about maintaining the spirit-filled life. Maintaining the spirit-filled life. It's one thing to get to a place. It's another thing to maintain that place. Anybody here ever go on a diet and you got to the the weight you wanted to be? Okay, and once you put forth that effort and you got there, how easy was it to then escalate and go back up and wait? It's easy to do that. It's maintaining it. Same thing with anything else. In athletics. You know, oh, I was a good athlete. Yeah, I was is the key word. <laughs> if you don't continue putting in the effort and the energy to maintain that, all of a sudden it slips by. Especially if you're a weightlifter. If you're a weightlifter and you say, oh, I'm working on the, you know, lift as much weight as I possibly can. And you get to that place where you're, you know, you're doing your best. And a little bit of a setback, maybe because of a physical attack or something like that. Maybe you couldn't lift for two or three weeks. And you go and try to lift again. And you go, really? That quickly? Took me months, years sometimes to get to this place. And all of a sudden, boom, just like that. Well, you know what? Spiritual things are no different. Spiritual things are no different. We have to continue doing the thing we've been doing to get us to that place. And if we want to go further, we've got to do, continue doing it. You know, and even add more to it. But let's look at the book of Ephesians chapter 5 beginning of verse six fifteen. see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise so he's talking about living our lives with wisdom not foolishness and he's going to talk about certain things number one redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for God, for, for all things unto God and our Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, as we study the Gospels and we study the book of Acts, what we discover is that there is more than just being saved by grace. There's a work of the Spirit that takes us beyond just being saved by grace. We call it being baptized in the Holy Ghost or filled with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives us utterance. But then also it's important to note that God wants us not just Spirit filled, but to maintain a Spirit filled life. Not just to get to that place that we've experienced this wonderful manifestation, but we maintain it and go further and further Uh, with God in it, Jesus when he talked about salvation he said it was like a well of water springing up into everlasting life in John 4, but in John 7 he said if you really thirst, then come to me and drink and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water but this spake he of the spirit that they which believe on him should receive so now we're talking about a well of living water that becomes rivers of of living water and what's the purpose of these rivers of living water to help us witness for Jesus to do the works that he's called us to do to fulfill his will for our lives to advance his kingdom here upon the earth to witness for Jesus well God went if you study Paul you know that God wants all men to be saved You know he wants all men to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You go to Acts chapter 19 and what what do you discover? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? So 19 years later Paul's still getting people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But then he went on to say but also be being filled with the Spirit as well. Maintain a Spirit filled life. So if we're going to succeed in this life we're going to have to maintain a Spirit filled life. Why? Because it's easy to be filled with so much garbage that's in this world around us is it not true absolutely it's very easy now first thing this is our subject tonight maintaining a spirit filled life first of all he said to redeem the time redeem the time in Ephesians 5 16 let's read that one verse again redeeming the time because the days are evil now what does he mean by redeeming the time to recover our time from waste, not wasting our time on things that won't, let's say promote our spirituality, that won't advance the kingdom of God, that won't contribute to helping us maintain a spirit-filled life. The things that we do with our time are very important. God wants us to use our time to gain more knowledge of Him. Jesus said, this is what eternal life is all about, that you know the Father and that you know the Son. There is nothing more important than taking some time out of our busy lives and busy busy schedules to do what? To acquaint ourselves with Him, to conform to His will, to agree with Him and conform to His will. Job mentioned this and I think, 22, 21, when when he talked about in the Amplified Bible acquaint now thyself with Him agree with Him and conform to His will notice those three steps get acquainted with your loving Heavenly Father agree with Him not yourself not the world not your senses not the things that you're encountering not your circumstances but agree with Him agree with His word start declaring that you are who He says you are and that you can do what He says you can do and conform to His will this is extremely important to all of our lives, so it's not just getting saved and then sitting back and doing nothing, it's being proactive in our Christian walk and experience and seeing to it that we don't become stagnant and stale but we're moving on from glory to glory in our lives it means also to embrace embrace every opportunity to glorify God, Jesus lived his life to glorify the Father on the earth, how many times did he say that this is for the glory of God, so that God will be glorified thereby. God wants us to use our time to see to it that there are things that we do in this life that bring honor and glory to the King of kings and Lord of lords. I got to throw in this real quickie with, with Andrew. He's added it again. He's added it again. He is so evangelistic minded that it's absolutely remarkable. You know he's, everybody should know Anthony by now, right? You know Anthony's trying to get this atheist boy in his age, Anthony trying to get him saved. He sent him a picture of the Passion of the Christ, five-minute clip saying, watch this, Anthony. You've got to see this. Well, I told you that. He had another brainstorm. He said, you know what, Dad? There's another friend who's of, of mine that's a friend of Anthony's too. I think I'm going to get him and talk to him because if I can get him in church, if I can get him saved, and he's Anthony's friend, then we can both gang up on him, so to speak. Well, guess what? he's in the back building tonight, not Anthony, the other boy <laughs> he talked to him he told him about Jesus, Told him about. I can show you the, the text messages, he told him about being saved, told him about being born again he says do you believe in God, oh yeah I believe in God, he says are you born again, he goes what's that are you saved, he said what's that, so Andrew starts ask, answering all of his questions, telling him all about it, and finally he says I want to invite you to come to our youth group on Wednesday night he said it sounds like fun, I'll ask my mom, mom said it's okay, so they picked him up tonight, he's in the back building right now and Andrew's all over with the idea that we can get him, we can get his parents and then we can get Anthony, he's got to get Anthony, he's just got to get Anthony as far as he's concerned, he sowed a lot of seeds in Anthony's life I'll tell you right now but then also it's to glorify God, it's to win souls as you can see of course that's winning souls, but it's also to examine our own spiritual lives to examine our own spiritual lives. And we should frequently do that. Am I growing? Am I developing? Am I maintaining a spirit-filled life? Am I on fire for God? Or am I becoming stagnant spiritually? Examine your heart. Examine your life. Am I walking in the realm of love that He wants me to? Am I feeding my faith to have strong faith? Am I nurturing it? Examine yourself. Am I also promoting, let's say, unity among believers? And then also, you'll notice to do good, to pray, to work, to resist the the things, the temptations in this life that steal our time and take away from our service to God. Just your being here tonight, you're investing in spiritual things and you're investing in promoting a spirit-filled life. You come into this place, you hear the worship, prayer, all of a sudden your heart gets engaged and your spirit is lifted. You start hearing the word, all of a sudden you can feel faith rising in your heart you can run through a troop you can leap over a wall you're getting excited and all that you're promoting a spirit filled life because you see if you're not filled with the spirit you can be filled with other things that are detrimental to our spiritual uh, lives and now why did he say to do this because the days he said are what evil are the days not evil that we're living in if they were evil back then you know they're evil now right And we're confronting all kinds of evil in this life. But praise God we've got authority and power over it. But look how true those words were when Paul penned them back then. This book was written between AD 60 and 63. And it wasn't very long after that. That devastation and loss of life took place. They were closer to eternity than what they thought. When he penned those words. In other words... You need to be focused on things that are eternal and that affect your life eternally with a mindset that, hey, I can leave this realm tomorrow. I can leave this realm tomorrow. They left the realm within a few short years after the writing. In AD 70, when Jerusalem was overtaken, and et etc. et cetera, Many Christians lost their lives during that time. How true it was. So are they investing in things that have eternal value? So use your time, in other words, with eternity, in mind okay that's number one number two the second thing he points out that he tells them is to learn to know the will of God look at the verse in verse 17 wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is well what is the will of the Lord how are we going to know it well God wants us to do what In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 we are told in verse 1 we're told to do something with our bodies and verse 2 we're told something to do with our souls. Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God 30, 60, 100 fold you could say it that way good, acceptable and perfect will of God we need to be students of the Word of God. During this time, we're not wasting our time. We are learning to know the will of God so that we can walk in the will of God and prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for our lives. So number one, God wants us all saved. He's not willing any He should perish. Number two, He wants us all filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Everyone should receive and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Three, I believe He wants us all well, healed and whole, delivered, set free, sanctified. Amen? Set apart for his service, for his good, to do his will, to carry out, to be soul winners, to be witnesses for others and advance the kingdom of God upon the earth, to give to support the work of God, whether tithe, offering, whatever, God calls us to do and tells us to do, we should be living our lives with eternity in mind, in other words, the days are evil and we know that we need to understand the will of God, God wants that person that you work next to saved, He wants him in the kingdom of God, and He wants you to live your life in such a way that you're shining light in that world of darkness where you work and they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, He wants you to be a shining light in such a way that when they see you, your thoughts, your words, your actions, the way you work, the way you conduct yourself, your demeanor, your speech, your language that you use, your attitude toward the let's say employers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you shine like a light and they see this in you and as a result, they want what you have. You bring them to the cross with your life. That's the will of God for all of us and we should never forget that. When someone says, well, I'm not, my life's not that important, not, it's not that meaningful. Everywhere you go, every step you take, you should be a shining light to those that are around you. With your kindness, with your um, concern for other people, with your help, help them, bless them, etc., etc. Live your life in such a way because people are looking whether you realize it or not. Okay, understand what the will of the Lord is. And number three. Number three, this is essential. Don't be intoxicated with wine, he says. Don't get drunk. Don't be a drunkard. Don't be intoxicated with wine. Well, you know, why, why is he pointing this out? Look at the verse in Ephesians 5.18. Why is he pointing this out? What does this have to do with living a spirit-filled life? And be not drunk with wine where it's in excess. I'll stop right there. Don't be drunk with wine. Why is he saying this? Well, first of all, We understand that if you read your scriptures, you know that all intoxication is forbidden in scripture. And drunkenness is really not tolerated as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Uh, But notice in Luke's gospel, Luke's gospel it says, and take take heed to yourselves take heed to yourselves, take heed to yourselves take heed to yourselves, take heed to yourselves lest any time your heart should be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. Why is he pointing this out? Because God wants us to know if we have any deficiencies, if we have any issues, if we have any mental pressures coming against us in this life and concerns, He wants us to turn to Him and not to intoxicants. Not to try to drink away our blues etc. But to turn to Him and letting Him know we trust Him. We long for Him to fill our every void, to fill our every need to satisfy, to create the peace in our lives that we're longing for. The joy, the joy that we have in this life should come from the Lord not our circumstances not our situations not our trials and all those different things that we encounter not the hills we have to climb etc. God wants to be our source of help and he wants us to turn to him and too often many people once again they go other directions but now the reason why Paul uses this right here is because of Bacchus or Bacchus some even say Bacchus, who was the wine god or the god of wine. And what they did was they would go, they would worship, they would sacrifice, and then they would become intoxicated and they would run through the streets and sing wild songs. That's what they did. See, now that they're all tipsy, now that they're all you know overcome and overwhelmed by the alcohol effect, Now they're having a merry time, not even thinking about their worries or their concerns, etc., etc., and they would do this. And of course, there was also the added uh, orgy that took place in the process. This was just the way they did it in Rome. That's the way it was done. And God says, "Mm -mm." no, don't associate with that. I'm your source of help. I'm all you need. If you allow me in, I will fill every crevice of your being with my perfect peace, my perfect joy, and my perfect love, and I will be to you all that you need to rise up above whatever it is that you're facing in this life. So in other words, we're not trusting these other things, we're trusting in the living God, and we're to be filled with him, and if we are filled with him, guess what? When the temptation or the trial comes what are we supposed to do? Count it all joy. Knowing the trial of your faith works patience. So in other words you can't lose no matter what. What are you encountering? What are you going through? Then let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Depend on Him and look to Him and trust in Him. Let Him be the one that provides your every need. Then look at the next part of that verse. Being filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit is next. Number four. Be filled with the Spirit. He wants us to turn to Him and to the Spirit within. In other words, if you were here on Sunday, you heard me say this. Where is the um, holiest place on the planet, on earth? The holiest land. What's the holiest land? Israel. Israel, Right? Holiest city? Jerusalem holiest place, the temple, of course there's no temple now, and the holiest spot, the holy of holies, well where's the holiest place right now, you're the temple, what's the holiest spot right now, in your heart, in that spot, in your heart. If we ever got a hold of this, oh, my brother and my sister, the Shekinah glory that entered into that holy of holies in the temple in the ark of the covenant, praise God almighty is residing in every child of God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In us. And we're to fill ourselves with that revelation, fill ourselves with understanding that we house the glory of God in an earthen vessel and a jar of clay. We house the very glory of almighty God. Man, if that doesn't fire us up, what can, what will fire us up? The fullness of the Godhead is on the inside of us Father, Son and Holy Ghost praise God. Glory be to God. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and of course it means to receive the Holy Spirit after you're born again with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance and then also to maintain a Spirit filled life because we have everything pulling at us every different direction in every way. So being filled is not a one-time experience. Just like eating is not a one-time experience. How many here Here, you ate a meal then for a week you forgot to eat again? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well why do you keep eating every day? Because you know there's a need to have energy every single day. Spiritual things are no different. Yes I was once filled with the Holy Ghost in 1977. But praise God, just because of that one time experience doesn't mean I'm full today. I have received the Holy Ghost. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. But to maintain a spirit filled life, there are certain things I need to do in my life. Otherwise, I can do what? I can be very easily led to seek other things to fill the emptiness or the void that I feel within. And you know what? Too often, this is what many Christians do, and they seek other things. Whether it's alcohol, like he said, whether it's drugs, whether it's immorality, sexual pleasures and having them fulfilled, whether it's turning to gambling and whatever it could be, there's all kinds of different things. You know the devil has a bunch of bag, a bag of tricks with a bunch of things in it that we can be drawn to, that the flesh will gravitate toward. If we're not getting filled with and full of God, then we can be empty even though we're filled. Now you think about when the spirit was cast out going to dry places seeking, seeking rest and finding none he goes back to his house from whence he was kicked out and says I found it empty swept and garnished come on boys let's go back in and make it worse for this person God doesn't want us empty God wants us filled to overflowing he wants our cups running over he wants us to maintain a spirit filled life in such a way there is no room for the enemy to get in For us to be satisfied with anything other than the presence of God, the power of God, the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of God, the mercy of God. God wants us to experience His fullness in our lives until our cups run over. And then you know what? The overflow we just hand out to everybody that's around us. We just give it out, praise God. We're full of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Every single day of our lives. Now we face, all of us, many challenges. This walk... That we walk is not a cakewalk. Actually, it's a mountain climb. And that's our theme for Friday night uh, come and climb the mountain of God. So, I'm going to talk about the mountain climb. It's a mountain climb. And that means we've got to put forth effort and energy to do what? To succeed and get to the top because that's where we meet with God. And if you think about mountain typology, you think about how many times a mountain is used in reference to our having success in God. Elijah up on the mountain, Mount Carmel, what happened? He called down fire from heaven. You talk about awakening a people when that fire came down. You talk about Moses had to climb that mountain to get what? The Ten Commandments so they can have an understanding of the laws of God, the ways of God, the will of God. And then the list goes on and on. You think about, that was Mount Sinai, but then you think about, I like this, I call it Mount Sermon. Sermon on the Mount where Jesus went and spoke and delivered the greatest message that was ever delivered to a group of people and just filled them with this revelation of the will of God, the heart of God the will of God for their lives. Then you've got the Mount of Transfiguration if that doesn't speak volumes to us I don't know what does you've got Elijah, you've got Jesus and you've got Moses on this Mount and they're transfigured right there before all the people before James and John, John sees them You think about that. It shows us that what we're believing in is factual. It's the truth. There is glorification. And we see that happening on a mountain. We've come to Mount Zion. The city of the great king. And the list goes on and on. You know a mountain climb. You think about effort to get to that mountaintop. You could be tempted to quit. You could be tempted to camp. But the climber the one that says i am not satisfied i'm going all the way with almighty god i'm going to experience the fullness that god has for me i want filled with the spirit to overflowing with his goodness overflowing with his power overflowing with his glory i'm not stopping praise god there's no stop in me there's no quit in me so here in the in the scriptures here Look at Ephesians, well first of all number five, number five is four ways that we can maintain the spirit filled life that he talks about. Ephesians 5, look at verses 19 through 21. Speaking is number one, to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Two, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Three, giving thanks always for all things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And number four, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting. So these four things Paul talks about that will help us truly maintain a spirit filled life. Let's begin with number one speaking to yourself. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And his lowest point at Ziklag, if you recall the story, at his lowest point, his lowest point was Saul was against him, the army of Saul was against him, the enemy now turned against him, it was the Philistines, but now they were first of all with him, but now they turned against him, his own people turned against him, he's in a cave at Ziklag And his wives and children were all kidnapped and taken. Everything that he had is now gone. And his own men of valor turned against him. And there he is. You talk about a low position and a low place in life. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. But there was no one else to do it. There was no one around him. There was no one that would offer a kind word. Because they were all down on him. Because they lost their wives. And they lost their possessions. They lost everything that they had. Their children. He spoke to himself. He spoke to himself. What are you hearing yourself say about yourself? If it defies the word of God. If it denies the word of God. Change what you're saying change what you're saying, speak to yourself, encourage yourself in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, well spiritual songs is next but psalms and hymns, speak to yourself, I dwell in the secret place of the most high, I abide under the shadow of the almighty, I say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God In him do I trust, surely he delivers me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He covers me with his feathers under his wings I trust. His truth is my shield and buckler. And so on. Or you could say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I can run through a troop and leap over a wall by my God. You see what I'm doing to myself? Encouraging myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Encouraging myself. Speak to yourself in Psalms. But then secondly, he says what? Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Look at Psalm 40 beginning at verse 1. Do you know that when we got saved God put a new song in our hearts? I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. How when you get saved, it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. He puts a new song. It's the song of salvation in your mouth. Praise God and in your heart. Thank God I'm saved. Praise God. You start singing about your salvation. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. washed in the blood, I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost I am. Praise God. And you start singing songs of His saving grace. Look at Psalm 96. Beginning verse 1. Oh sing unto the Lord a new song and sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord and bless His name and show forth His salvation. How often? From day to day, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among the people, all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Sing a new song unto the Lord, a song of his saving grace, a song of victory, a song of joy and rejoicing in the Lord our God. And then, uh, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, you know the story, but think about once again their condition you think about them being beaten you think about how they probably could have said we served you Lord we've honored you we faced all kinds of adversity and now we've got stripes on our backs and here we are in the innermost prison with all this stench and all this death and we're awaiting trial possibly beheading this is true this is real this is what he was facing once again do you get lower than that? How awful his situation was. But the Bible said they prayed and sang praises unto God. Hallelujah. And people oftentimes will say well why can it happen like that for us? It can't happen like that. But you know what? They truly believed it. You're not in that kind of a condition and you just start praying and then praising God for the answer and don't believe what you're doing. I believe Jesus taught them that. I believe he taught him to sing praises in his time of trial and adversity. And I believe he told him, I will inhabit your praise. You praise me in the hardest places and I will show up on your behalf. Can you say amen? amen? That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what they did. And what happened? The earth began to shake and quake. I'll tell you what, God will cause the earth to quake when people from the heart in faith believe that when they sing praises to God for the answer. That he will hear and move on their, on their behalf. I will praise thee. The psalmist said for thou hast heard me. And you become my salvation. Hallelujah. You say but I don't see anything yet. It doesn't matter. You're singing your way to victory. Because you know he heard you. And you know you have the petition you desired of him. And then third giving thanks. Look at the. Well that, that verse said giving thanks. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. This is the will of God concerning us. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said giving thanks unto God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said number one speaking to yourself. Number two singing making melody heart to the Lord. Number three giving thanks. Giving thanks. Too often people complain rather than give thanks why is this happening to me, why am I going through this, we're talking about maintaining a spirit filled life, you think the enemy doesn't know how to get you where you live and cut you to the quick, circumstances arise if we have the impression becoming a a born again Christian spirit filled and a word of faith person means you're not going to have any trials or tribulations, then you've been taught wrong you never heard me say that, Jesus said in the world you will have tribulations but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world it's what he declared And so God wants us to give thanks. Giving thanks that we've been delivered from the powers of darkness. Thank God we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Thank God we have the right to use the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. Thank God we have his strength. Thank God we have his power. Thank God we have his ability. Thank God we have redemption. We can continue thanking him. But look at Psalm 136 when it comes to giving thanks to the Lord. I just listed first three verses here, but you can read the whole psalm. It's all about giving thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? He is good, for his mercy endures forever. So if you heard yourself say sometime, well, how long God going to put up with me because I did this over and over and over again? Look at that verse. How long does mercy endure? Forever. Every morning it's re- renewed. So thank him for his mercy every day. Get up in the morning and thank him. Thank you for your mercy. Great is your faithfulness. Your tender mercies fail not. Oh give thanks unto the Lord of the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. Oh give thanks to the Lord of the lords for his mercy endures forever. Then he t- talks about all the acts of creation. All the things that he did for Israel. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and does nothing but good things. Every good and perfect gift is from above. From the Father of lights with whom there is no very goodness, neither shadow of turning. And you can just flood your heart with thanksgiving. And before you know it, God's showing up on the scene. God's making a difference in your situation. But God wants us to believe that giving of thanks will have that positive effect in your circumstances. And then finally, submitting, submitting, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. And you know what? This is also something that's key. To maintaining a spirit-filled life. We have to submit first and foremost to whom? To God. Submit to him. Submission is an act of humility. Not my will, but thine will be done. We humble ourselves before almighty God. Instead of saying, why do you want me to praise you when I don't feel like it? You say, I may not feel like it. But I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to submit to what your word says. Because I know in doing so. You have my back. And I have your favor. See. We submit to him first and foremost. And you know what saint of God. The more you and I pray in the Holy Ghost. The easier it is for us to submit to his leadership in our lives why because you're stirring up the divine agent of the Holy Spirit on the inside and what he's doing is praising as we praise him is activating his powers within and all that power that's activated what does it do it just influences us to make right choices so husbands if you pray in the Holy Ghost a lot and submit yourself to the Father as you humble yourself in that way God will make it easier, praise, praise God, for your wife than to submit to you. She'll pray in the Holy Ghost. And if she prays in the Holy Ghost and stir up the gift of God in her, she'll have that influence of the Spirit and she'll submit. Children then will submit to the leadership of the parents. Can you imagine if everybody within the body of Christ followed that chain of command? Even on down to employees, how they work for their employers they find it difficult, maybe, maybe the, 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 the boss is not just a you know, kind person, but the more you pray in the Holy Ghost before you go off to work the, the Holy Ghost will be all over you, power of God be on you, and you will gladly submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and it will make a difference, praise God in the workplace, you No, know, God wants us to maintain spirit filled lives, and if we practice these instructions and do the things that He said to do in this little bit of an outline that Paul gave I do believe we will maintain a strong spirit filled life and I do believe that the glory of the Lord will be upon us for example the way Peter said it Peter said every one of us is to, is to see to it that the gift that God has given us is to be used for the honor and glory of God but in the process of using that gift he said you're going to be persecuted and you're going to have all kinds of adversity come against you but he said be of good cheer because you see, when you're persecuted that way, the spirit of glory will rest upon you when that happens. And so when we follow the leadership in submission to what the word says with regard to that, what happens? The glory of God falls upon us. Remember when the disciples were whipped and beaten? And then they, the, the Bible says that they went their way doing what? Rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. We have no clue what it means to suffer that kind of persecution for the name of Jesus, maybe we're beginning to learn some things in our country right now, but for the most part, think about it, we've not had that kind of persecution so God wants us to follow his leadership, to submit to his will, and when we encounter the challenges of life, are we supposed to get down and out, are we supposed to flow with our feelings, allow our feelings to dictate to our lives complain and murmur, and complain and murmur like the Israelites of old what we want is to come to the promised land and have no walls and no giants and, and nothing, and not, no obstacles to stop us from entering in. You see, we come up against the, the wall of, of persecution or the wall of challenge or the wall of whatever. The Israelites of old, what do they do? Murmur, complain. We can't do it. Speak against God. There's no possible way. And what happens, that's not a spirit-filled life. You're not activating the power and the glory of God that's on the inside of you. But you take the same situation, the same scenario, the same, uh, same walls, same warriors, a little bit older, younger ones that are coming up. 40 years later, 45 years later, what do you, what do you have? You've got the people of God that were trained to see to it, that they put God first and trust him. And they get to those same walls. And what are they told? Don't say a word. Observe them. Look at them. Walk around them. Touch them if you like. But don't say a word. Second day. Don't say a word. Third day. Don't say a word. Every day. Don't say a word. The seventh day. Don't say a word. Until the seventh time. And when you, get, when you get word, then say a word. You shout the praises of Almighty God. It's almost as if you see the challenges there for all that whole week. For them to succumb to the temptation. To give in and start complaining and murmuring. Why are we doing this? But on that seventh day. When they blew that ram's horn, that shofar. And they shouted with a great shout the glory of Of Almighty God brought the walls down and victory was had by all. It's almost when I hear Jesus speaking to Jairus. When Jairus got the news, your daughter is dead. Trouble the master no further. And he says, don't say a word. Be not afraid, only believe. God is looking for that from all of us. God is looking for us to acquaint ourselves with him in such a way that we can be a Shadrach, a Meshach, and a Abednego and say, go ahead and throw me in because if you do, my God can and my God will deliver me out of your hand, O King. We're not careful to answer you in this matter. We know our God and those that know their God they shall do great exploits. Amen? So praise God. This is why God wants us to maintain a spirit-filled life. Think about it. We're the only individuals on the planet that house the Shekinah glory of Almighty God. We've got this special place, this special spot, the holiest spot right here on the inside of us. And I hear in my spirit saying, in my spirit I hear these words, release it and let it go and watch what it will do. Watch what the glory will do for all of us if we'll just release it by faith and start agreeing with the word of God. Acquaint yourself with him, agree with him, conform to his will, and watch out. There's an explosion of almighty mightiness to be had by all. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult... With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world, through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord, Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.